to turn the channel, go ahead, fool, turn the channel. We've seen midgets grow. Mandarabasata. I don't make this stuff up. Warlocks are enemies of God. A lot of people who go into prison go into prison straight, and when they come out, they're gay. Science is interesting, and if you don't agree, you can f*** off. Well, I'm not too righteous, but on the other hand, I think you're a bit of a dingling. If you want to learn something about God, shut your mouth and listen to me for a minute. Welcome, everyone, to the AXPX Podcast, Season 3, Episode 2. I am your host, Sean DeRigger. I'm pretty excited about today's episode. As as we've done in the past on the show in October, it's the perfect time to bring in some uh, some more, you know, conversation about ghosts and paranormal and things like that. Last week, of course, we were discussing horror movies. Um, this week, I'm very pleased to uh, have a, a a ghost hunter on the show, uh, Ray Fries. Ray, welcome to the to the AXPX podcast. Thank you for having me. Um. So I've I've had a, a paranormal researcher on before um, when I first started up the show, and um, it's it's one of those things that I've always had people ask me to bring more on, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, so of course with October rolling around, I figured uh, you know um, might as well start looking. And then my uh, friend of mine named Brad, he had interviewed you for I think a, a paper he was writing or something like that. Yes, and so mm-hmm. he contacted me and and uh, and sent me your way. So thanks for agreeing to to talk. Um, my my first kind of question where I wanted to start off with, and then we'll go from there as far as your your background. What um, since we approach things from this podcast from a, a, a religious background, in, interested in you know people's uh, where their foundation is as far as that stuff goes. Do what what's your religious background, if any? Um, uh, I am Catholic. Okay. And, uh, you know, um, actually, when I was born, um, I didn't have the best chance of living. So uh, it was immediate that uh, I would be baptized. That was my mm. mom's wish. And it just so happened there was a Catholic priest there and performed the ceremony, as far as I know. <laughs> That's great. Um, so from from starting up there, like, how did you, when did you start getting interest, interested in in this, uh, the, this whole, uh, ghost hunting thing. I mean, uh, is this something you over the years kind of slowly became in- interested in or what, what kind of sparked uh, that? Actually, to be honest with you, um, I had my first, um, I guess sighting of an aberration back when I was seven years old, back in 1967. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it pretty much freaked me out to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, off and on throughout my life, um, I've had things that happened that I could not explain or, you know, couldn't grasp my brain around. And so I was always asking questions and I was always interested uh, primarily in, you know, why do ghosts appear? Why do things happen? Why do things get moved around? That type of thing, you know. Um, And then uh, in 2010, my wife bought me a ghost hunting kit because at that time we were interested in watching all these paranormal TV shows Mm -hmm. that were going on. And I told her, I said, you know, I think I could give that a shot for a hobby and see what I can do. And uh, so she brought me this kit and it it was just basic paranormal kit. You know, it uh, had a recorder and it had motion sensors and uh, what they call a Gauss meter. And, uh, Actually, I had the recorder with me, and I was at a friend's house. This was back in 2010, and he was always complaining about how he was missing all of his tools and that out in his garage, and he'd always hear people talking, but he couldn't figure out where they were coming from. Hmm. So I said, well, hey, I just happened to have my recorder in the car. I'll go get it, and we'll come back. And, and first of all, he was like, he looked at me just like everybody else does today, <laughs> and uh you know, like pretty much like I'm an alien. I told everybody I was an alien instead of a mm-hmm. paranormal investigator. And uh, we sat there for a while and just talked. And uh, I asked a few questions. Of course, the people I was with, the owner of the garage and a friend of his, they were trying as best they could not to laugh. Right. And uh, so I stopped the recorder and I played it back. And... Uh, 
we actually got something that uh, came out to be get out, hmm. which made the owner of the garage mad because he was uh, like, I'm not getting out of my garage. You get out of here type <laughs> of thing. And uh, they were actually kind of shocked about that. And so I brought the recorder home and played it for my wife. And she said, you know, I really don't care if you get into this hobby of yours of ghost hunting. Just don't bring anything home. Right. Yeah. So that basically got it all started, and, uh, you know, I just started reading and uh, going to the library and uh, just kind of getting my knowledge up on the paranormal and uh, other aspects of the the word, and uh, pretty much went from there. Mm-hmm. What What was the experience when you were when you were a kid, when you were seven years old? You said you had an experience. Can, what did you, was it just something you saw or? Yeah, it was. I was actually in bed. I was sound asleep, but something woke me up. And in the door frame leading into my bedroom, I saw a woman standing there. She was uh, fairly tall. She had uh, her hair done up in a, what they call a cummerbund. And um, she was wearing a, like a long uh, Victorian dress of that age period, I guess. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking probably about the, the 1800s. And I knew my mom didn't wear anything like that. And so I, I called out to whoever was standing there. And I couldn't really see her facial features, but I know that she was looking at me. And I, uh, so I slowly got out of bed, this uh, person or whatever, she turned around very elegantly and started walking down the hallway. And so when I got up and I ran to the door, I was wondering why she was going down the hallway because my parents' bedroom was right off of mine and she wasn't there. And I went to all the rooms and I peeked in my parents' room and my parents were sound asleep. So I got that lump in my throat and my hair mm-hmm. and my arms stood up and, uh, you know, I was like, wow. And my mom and my dad were always complaining to each other about, you know, you move my stuff. No, you move my stuff. And even some things that I owned were showing up in different places. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was about the same time period, 1967, I actually seen a, what I thought, what everybody describes now as a shadow person. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite sure what that was, but I tell you what, that scared me to where I always went to bed from then on with my head under the covers. But, uh, no, throughout my life, I've just had different experiences, um, things that happened. Did you, did you, um, look into the house you were looking, uh, that you were living in? Did you try to see what the history of that house has? Like now that you've been getting into all this or? Yeah, uh, actually, I did. Uh, the school I went to was called Elijah Buell School. Elijah Buell was uh, one of the prominent uh, founders of the city of Clinton, mm-hmm. uh, mostly in the the, up, uh, the northern section of the town. It used to be called Lyons. And uh, he was an entrepreneur, and uh, we actually lived in the house that he lived in. So... Um, it was a um, pebble stone siding type of home, um, and it was pretty good size. And you know, the the place always kind of gave me the creeps. I really didn't like being by myself there mm-hmm. as I was getting older. Um, but that's pretty much about it. You know, I just know that he was an entrepreneur and he was a finance person. Um, mm-hmm. He was in the banking also, and. That was about it. Yeah. Yeah, because I hear these types of stories more. Because I, I live, I mean, I'm in Southern California. I live in the suburbs. We don't really hear too many, you know, things about, you know, possible weird things happening in, in these new houses. Um, but whenever I hear a story, it's always in like an older neighborhood or something that's, you know, or closer in towards a city that was founded years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the Midwest, of course, you have a lot of, you had houses that are, that are very old and then moving even over to the East coast. Um, I know that there's, there's some places in, in, uh, there is places in California, but, um, is that generally like what you find 
to happen as far as any hauntings go or have you seen uh, anything yeah, happen? Well, in you know, there's been, I've done other investigations or I should say ghost hunting mm -hmm. in, uh, other areas like apartment buildings and, uh, what used to be, uh, I just got done doing a little ghost hunt at a place called Cambridge apartments, uh, here in town in Clinton, Iowa. And, uh, it used to be an army army barracks and mm -hmm. it used to be an army hospital also as well and it was pretty much community within a community um you know, i can't give you the exact square footage of the right. place but it's huge uh but now it's all apartment buildings and you know people throughout the years have told me you really need to go up and check this place out because you know we see people walking down the halls we don't know they don't respond when we ask them what who they're looking for or what they want and you know people are always hearing screams and a lot of knocking and footsteps and basically about the the same thing mm -hmm. uh, like i said we did a little ghost hunt up there i took a couple of friends along with besides our team members and uh we did catch some uh, interesting evps and uh we didn't actually catch any ghosts. That's primarily what I've been trying to hunt for is to get an actual picture of an aberration. Yeah. But uh, like okay. I said, uh, Clinton is full of history. It uh, used to be a, uh, a place where um, they started out with the uh, logging community. And also, since we live right off the Mississippi River, uh, there was quite a few uh, ice-making uh, companies also that just, you know, went out in the river, cut the ice, cleaned it, whatever they did to it back in those days, and uh, distributed it. So. Hmm. And so with, with you, like, experiencing, you know, um, apparitions and th seeing things here and there and, and interested in this sort of thing, like, does this do you have ex explanations if you you know try to find like explanations to yourself on why you're you're seeing these or why you know someone like you would be a little more aware of this type of uh well you know i guess primarily um being going back to that time frame of 1967 you know it, it just startled me and scared me and it kind of excited me mm -hmm. uh you know it's like somebody that uh sees bigfoot for instance other people sit there and they say you know they're crackpots or mm -hmm. you know what kind of drugs they've been doing lately whatnot and um it's kind of the same thing for a ghost hunter once something happens to you you know you're pretty much you, you just want to see more of it mm -hmm. i can't really explain it you just want to see more of it you want to have it happen to you again so you can actually put your mind wrap around it and try mm -hmm. to get an idea as to why it's happening. Right. So you're more interested in, interested in, in finding and research and not necessarily researching, but just trying to find answers. Um, not necessarily like, cause I, the, the last, the, the paranormal researcher I interviewed, he would actually come in and, and try to like rid houses of ghosts and things like that. Are you more just in the hunting aspect of it, trying to get things captured? Uh, actually, no. I also, uh, I try to, uh, try to get them, the aberration, the entity, the okay. spirit to, uh, go into the light, as they say, and, uh, move on instead of being in, uh, that realm of, um, God, and I can't even think of the word, um, purgatory mm -hmm. and to get them to go, you know, into a heavenly being instead of uh, being a wandering spirit. And also uh, my last, actually my last investigation uh, prompted, um, we have, we found out after a couple of visits that we had a demonic entity on our hands. And uh, that guy, that was, that was pretty interesting. Uh, what's, what, what would you consider the difference uh, between the two? Is uh, the more of the d demonic uh, more violent or just, a, you know, what? what... Yes. Okay. yes, it is more violent. Uh, it can, a demonic entity uh, such as a demon, uh, it's, 
it can be uh, one where people can be harmed that's living in the household. Uh, pretty much um, from my experiences and what I've heard talking to other investigators is that people invite these entities into their home. Hmm. Sometimes, you know, without realizing what they're doing. Um, just like uh, I talked to a lady last year that uh, told me she bought all three of her kids Ouija boards. <laughs> and uh, right. and I, was, I was looking at her and I, you know, I was like, and you think I'm crazy? <laughs> you know? um, I'm not putting down the Ouija board. I'm just saying is that. Uh, it's always instrument. freaked me out. <laughs> it, well, it, it's, it's, to me, it's an instrument of uh, communication. Um, why they ever made it into a toy at one time, you know, like say in the early 1900s, it was big on seances and whatnot. And uh, when they actually brought into the, the spirit board or speaking board or the Ouija board, um, people didn't realize just exactly what they were doing. And uh, since all this paranormal phenomenon has kind of risen and everybody seems to want to get into it, um, I believe that they're opening portals uh, from another dimension that's inviting these entities into their homes, which is, can be a big mistake. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I, I also want to help out the homeowner because a lot of people don't understand what's going on. You know, why it started out with maybe, you know, knocking noises or footsteps or scratching noises or whatever, and why they're feeling cold spots or even hot spots in their home. And they're like, you know, well, you know, we're, I know I put my car keys here, you know, why are they, you know, in the back bedroom such or you know it could be anything that uh they have mm -hmm. that could be possibly moved that happens to me but it's because because of my three-year-old <laughs> <laughs> been there been there done that <laughs> right um <clears throat> this is fascinating stuff. i mean do you have you have you seen anyone like as a, physically harmed at all like you're saying like separating from like demon demon demonic activity yes. from more of the paranormal like I've How? seen a two. I've seen a two-year-old uh, had uh, three scratches going down his arm and uh, uh, part of his back. Hmm. Um, right. He also seen a bite mark that was uh, that he had suffered. Uh, but one thing that uh, is odd about the scratches and the bite mark were only there for like a twenty-four hour period, and then they were gone. Hmm. Well. Now, is it the course of one of your investigations there? Yes. Wow. <clears throat> so, so when you do these investigations, like, what's the normal uh, operating procedure? I mean, um, is it does it vary from from house to house? Like, well, say say if I had you know uh, some weird goings on in my my house, uh, and I contacted you, what would be the procedure? I guess you would you would follow through. Well, first of all, I would come over. I would have somebody come over and get permission to either be filmed or um, recorded on a tape player um, just to get to know the owner of the home, uh, find out, you know, what exactly is going on in the home. Um, pretty much um, from there we would ask for permission to do the research on the home and or the property um, because it could be a brand new home, but it all depends on the property and the history of, of the land itself. Uh, from there on, then we kind of uh, sit there and look at the information that we got from the history and see if we can kind of do a, a, we put all the, whatever is going on in the home, whether it be footsteps, you know, anything that can't be explained and try to match them up and, uh, see if we can come up with an idea as to why, uh, this phenomenon is happening. 
And then we go into the home. We ask that the homeowner could leave. If they can't leave, if they can just be in one room at the time. And uh, we do a base sweep reading with a, uh, a meter that we use to check for electromagnetic fluctuations. And that's high, that'd be high electrical pulses throughout the air. And uh, we check each room. And then uh, from then on, uh, we hook up. Usually it only takes a couple people to do that. Mm -hmm. Somebody to write down everything and somebody with a meter to tell them where there might be a high electrical fluctuation in a corner or an appliance or um, toy or anything like that. So it can be pushed aside and said, okay, well, we find out, you know, where, where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then we go from there. Um, we hook up our cameras and, uh, we have any still, uh, cameras that we put up, uh, like say if somebody says, you know, they've seen something walk down a hallway or something appear in the mirror or, you know, knocking noises or scratching noises. We put a camera on that to see if we can try to catch anything. And then we go about basically with uh, trying to address whatever might be in the home, see if we can get any kind of um, feedback. And then uh, after we're all done, after spending time uh, going through all the data that we have gathered, then we uh, come to a base of where we can tell the owner if they actually do have something and uh, possibly help them try to either rid of whatever spirit or negativity energy that's in the home. And, uh, you know, we, we've been pretty successful, even though we just started out mm -hmm. as an investigation team, we've been successful on a couple of investigations. Hmm. Uh, except for the, except, I'm, I'm excuse, excuse me, uh, except for the demonic one, that one we had to turn over uh, to the Catholic diocese okay. in the Quad Cities here in Iowa. And that's what I was going to ask you, like, uh, when you come into something that, you know, uh, that sort of thing, like with the demonic presence, um, how, what, do you, do you just call them up and let them know, or as far as the Catholic di diocese goes, or? Well, no, actually, uh, what we do is we make contact with, the, the Catholic priest that's mm -hmm. assigned to this area uh, from the diocese of the Quad Cities. And we, you know, for a town our size of about 28,000, we have actually only two uh, Catholic priests. And uh, um, one of them, his name's, I can't remember his last name right offhand, I don't have that information. Mm -hmm. His name's Father Bob. But after talking with him and all that, I just wanted to tell him that I wanted to get a uh, kind of a relationship going on with him. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, after after speaking to him initially the very first time, I come to find out that I, I believe that there's a lot more of this phenomenon as far as demonic goes going on just in our hometown. Hmm. And uh, it kind of startled me a little bit, like, you know, if you guys know about this, you know, <laughs> um, I didn't realize that they were that busy, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. But apparently there seems to be quite a bit of it going on. It's just that a lot of people like to keep their mouths shut because they don't want to stir anything up and they don't want to make anything angry, Right. which I really don't understand the fact that, that uh, how can you live a life in a home you know, that you've spent years either trying to purchase or build your own home and find out that you've got uninvited guests mm -hmm. walking around. So that's, that's interesting. So the, so the Catholic church has it pretty much from what you're, uh, what, what you're, what you're seeing here is they, they do deal with this quite a bit because you don't, you know, there was, um, I feel like there was a documentary a few years back 
and I tried to track it down about uh, about an uh, someone who actually did exorcisms, and it seemed to be something that um, they had like people trained to do. Yeah, so they that... have uh, they have you know they have uh, people that uh, have been trained in exorcisms, and uh, they're also uh, professional demonologists, and they do work with the with the Catholic Church to go around and uh, try to get enough information to where the Catholic Church will step in and perform an exorcism on the house or the people mm-hmm. that live in the house. They seem to be the only kind of religious organization that seems to be willing to tackle stuff like that, you know? Yeah, uh, a lot of other um, religious um, groups, uh, they'll talk to you about it, but they really don't handle. And most of the time they will tell you, you have to probably go through the Catholic uh, church to handle such Hmm situations and uh what i'm looking at is possibility that uh because when christianity was born um the very first um religion to come off of christianity was the catholic uh church itself Mm -hmm. and uh so i guess that's probably where it dates back to you know back in the even the days of uh you know, of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not saying that that's true or not. Uh, That would take a lot more information (laughs) than what I got. Right. But it just seemed to me kind of odd after the very first uh, meeting with the Catholic priest that he just looked to me like, you know, it's like he was looking at me and the way his facial appearance was and the way he was you know, just standing there talking to me, uh, it sounded like he had already been busy with other, mm-hmm. uh, cases such as the one that I was on. But, uh, like I said, uh, primarily the reason why I got into this hobby, um, and the reason why I call it a hobby is because I don't get paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, the excitement and, uh, the understanding and trying to figure out why this phenomena happens, mm-hmm. I guess, is payment enough. Though, you know, uh, my last investigation, I was like, you know, uh, the homeowner said, you know, you really should get paid for this. And I said, you better keep that thought to yourself because <laughs> I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you with quite a bill. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it did do damage to my equipment. Oh, wow. Um, besides people, other people getting hurt. Um, a couple of my team members, uh, suffered, um, extreme stomach pains. Um, one of the family members I actually, uh, recorded, they were throwing up blood. And so, you know, it can get kind of ugly and mm-hmm. people don't realize that, uh, you know, if you've got something like that in your home, you know, take my advice and get a hold of a Catholic priest or any kind of Catholic diocese in your area. And, uh, but most Catholic priests and dioceses and the church itself, uh, they need some pretty good, uh, evidence. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you kind of have to build a case to present to them. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where, that's where you'd come in and, and help build the case. Yeah. So, so this last one was the was the demonic presence. The yes. Last one. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of what kind of damage did they do to the uh, to your equipment? Was it still falling down or? Well, uh, actually, uh, I had a camera malfunction. I can't get it to work anymore. Uh, it was working perfectly fine. Uh-huh. I've, I've had digital recorders that quit working altogether and won't turn back on. Uh, you know, tried changing the batteries out or whatever. Um, I had what they call IR light, which is, uh, lighting that you can see in the dark with to assist the camera. And I had one of those melt Hmm. on me. And, uh, actually, uh, I had loaned a blessed, uh, crucifix to the homeowner. And when they gave it back to me, it was all bent (laughs) and, 
I was like, you know, wow. <laughs> yeah. So something you know, like it, that there. I really didn't, uh, to be honest with you, I was kind of skeptical about all that uh-huh. when I first started. But what I have seen and, you know, the stuff that I own that has been damaged, uh, I can honestly say that there is some kind of a presence out there that mm-hmm. is negative energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't put a finger on it or I can't sit there and say, you're a demon or, you know, right. you're the devil or whatever. Um that has to be presented to the fact to the the church and then they i guess they have a meeting and then they decide what they're going to do from there wow that's fascinating so you you you're calling you you call yourself a ghost hunter um there's different labels on this type of uh, research that goes on. Some say paranormal investigator. Some people say ghost hunting. Is there a difference or is it all kind of under the same umbrella? Okay. A ghost hunter is somebody that just does it, I can say, primarily for fun. Okay. They want to find out themselves. They can catch a ghost, run by them in a doorway right. or uh, take take a digital recorder and catch a voice. And... Uh, you know, it, it's just out of speculation for a ghost hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, a paranormal investigator will actually do the footwork. Um, they'll check on the history. Uh, they'll, what they'll do is, you know, we have instruments that we use to detect any kind of phenomenon. And uh, that's, you know, it's pretty much like being a private investigator, you know, where you're handling a case of maybe somebody... Uh, that's been somebody trying to murder another person or, um, you know, uh, pretty much just try to sit there and see if there's any foul play. Mm -hmm. And, but the invest paranormal investigator looks for phenomena. Okay. Wow. Um, so you've been doing this with, uh, about five years. Yes. Okay. What's been the, um, I guess, what's been the craziest investigation you've come across so far? Was it oh, this the, last oh, one or? The last one, yeah. Okay. The, the other ones have been pretty much, um, yeah, you know, we've, we've caught uh, shadows and uh, footsteps and uh, messages on the recorder, um, disembodied voice, I call them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just, either somebody that has lived in the house before or a relative that either is, you know, uh, they say that ghosts sometimes they come back to haunt the person. It's not so much haunting as it is they have unfinished business or they got a message or they got something they need to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're a relative or the next generation, you know, of their relatives or, um, somebody that's just mad because they're doing renovations to the house or whatever that they used to live in mm-hmm. and they, they want things to stay the way they are. Um, but like I say, a demonic entity, um, that's something that's brought into the home either by an object because a spirit or an entity will attach itself to an object. Mm-hmm. And if something's brought into the home or even if somebody has, like, say, a negative outlook on life, you know, they're always in a bad mood. They can't stand their fellow human being, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can actually bring on a, a negative presence into the home also. Okay. And they can follow you home. Yeah. Um, so when you use these instruments, like the, the, the recording and things like that, um, how, how can you, this is what I always wanted to know. Cause I see this, like I see it happen in movies. I've seen, you know, I've, I've checked out a lot of ghost, ghost hunting things here and there. And I actually tried to listen to these recordings. Like how can you tell? Cause to me, it kind of just sounds like gibberish. I, I can't really make it out. How can you tell if it's actually, Oh, that's a ghost speaking or that's a, you know, that's a, a some, something paranormal, paranormal as opposed to just kind of just, you know, random noise or something that you didn't hear when you were there, but you know, well, you got to have, you know, it takes a little practice. Mm -hmm. You just can't sit there and take a recorder and, 
you hear a mouse squeak or <laughs> something like that and say, oh, my God, that's paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm kind of working on I with a couple of new team members is trying to get them to where they can hear things uh, on a recorder. Um, primarily is I do have a program for my computer that I use that uh, kind of filters out. Uh, the ambient noise and uh, the white noise that you hear about. Mm-hmm. So you can be able to hear, you know, if there's anything possible. Um, and most of the time what we do is on the recorders, um, when we do hear it, we kind of match it up with the video and we okay. we kind of mark we kind of mark it off and say, okay, you didn't talk, you didn't talk, you didn't talk. Gotcha. See, and you're... Nobody, nobody else. Nobody else was in the house, so okay. could it be, you know, I mean, we're, I do believe in ghosts, uh, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. and that there's some kind of phenomena out there, but you have to know what, just, you know, old homes creak, they make noises, it could be the wind outside, any kind of outside contamination whatsoever, you know, you have to throw out 90% of that. And, uh, you know, you think you watch, like, say, on uh, these TV programs such as Ghost Adventures. Yeah. Um, these guys seem to catch stuff all the time. Well, they're there for a full week. You know, they're going in this building night after night. Right. And they're picking the best parts out. And, of course, you know, the editing crew and whatever producers, they put everything together and make it look like they spend one night of investigation when it's a continuous uh, thing. And... Uh, I've been to investigations where heard absolutely nothing. You know, these people, the owners of the homes or the renters swear up and down that there's something there. And uh, that's where, you know, like say, take for instance, uh, an EMF, uh, electromagnetic fluctuations. It could be anything from a rate, like say from a, a radio that's right by your head that wakes you up in the morning alarm clock, um, lighting, anything, a wall, receptacle. Um, what that'll do is the EMFs will, uh, they can have you, um, they actually produce, can produce hallucinations, um, mm. give you the feeling that you're being watched. Um, they, you know, they cause you severe headaches. So that's another thing too, is we find, if we find something like, okay, um, your bedroom's right next to the main, um, circuit board panel on the, you know, uh, on your house. Mm -hmm. And, uh, if we find that that is giving off high electronic, um, field that we can tell the owner, you know, you might have a problem with your wiring. Um, you might want to get it checked because we're getting high and we explain to them what the EMFs are. And then, uh, possibly that, you know, after a period of time, it could, uh, it could do some damage to your health. Mm-hmm. That's, a, so that's very it's, interesting. It's, so it's not just that we go around saying spooks, 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 you know, it's, <laughs> we go in there and we try to debunk anything. I mean, yeah. like, you know, uh, Somebody used somebody's like say you got an upstairs bathroom with shower or bathtub and somebody's using water quite a bit and you hear pipes rattling, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes people can't put two and two together and they say, What's that noise? You know, what's that rattling noise? And so we also go around, we make sure that the pipes are all attached to the other um the joices or to the wall. So it could be a number of things. Yeah. Now, when you conduct any investigations, do you do you do them in the dark and then light? Have Have you um, done like any of the lockdowns? Uh, no, we don't. I, we don't do. We don't do the lockdown thing um, primarily because I believe for my team it's a health issue. Right. Um, you know, if somebody does get hurt and you're locked in somewhere, you don't know. You know, particularly if the land, you know, if the homeowner 
or the landowner is going to be somewhere nearby or sleeping in their car or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can, you know, you can't try to get them out. So I kind of, I don't go for that. Um, but, yeah. uh, yeah. there's a great article on, um, there's a website called it's, uh, it's the commit, the committee for skeptical, for skeptical inquiry. Yes, and they have uh, there's an article about uh, ghost hunting mistakes uh, that I stumbled across, and uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're saying that lockdowns are pretty much ineffective, and and even uh, the you know on, on all these ghost hunting shows, uh, you know everything's in the dark, everything's in night vision. But um, what's what's said here is that that that's not necessarily needed. You know, it's it's no. dramatic, but you know the ghosts don't care if the lights are on or not. Is it just because certain hours of the of the day, say that, you know, like 2 a.m. Well, or 3 a.m. E- in the evening hours, in the evening hours, it's always been said that, uh, the veil, which is supposed to be some kind of energy field that, mm-hmm. uh, between our living world and, you know, uh, the underworld, um, is thin, you know, okay. it'll be, it'll be the thinnest on the 31st, um, because of Sam Bain and, uh, the tradition of Halloween and, and whatnot, but, uh, you can have anything happen. A ghost, I believe, or a spirit or an entity will show itself to you if it chooses to, you know, like, um, like I've said, I've been on a couple of ghost hunts and a couple of investigations where you don't get nothing. You don't catch anything. And then we're kind of stumped as to uh, what we're going to tell the landowner or the homeowner. And we try to give them the best, the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, but most of the times we do. And I've have caught uh, voices in broad daylight. Um, We haven't really caught anything daytime. That's where the IR light uh, for night vision helps out. Um, because, uh, how the ultraviolet spectrum can see things that the normal eyes can't. Mm -hmm. So you might be able to catch something go by or see something move. So, Hmm. What do you th- what do you think about all these uh, these movies? Because you know, since that movie, I guess what Paranormal Activity, and then there's the the Conjuring, and all these movies mm-hmm. have have come out. Uh, I mean, it's not a new thing. And there, of course, there's always like the Amityville um, horror, which was based on a you know an actual event, an actual family. Um, mm-hmm. But what do you think about it? This in the entertainment realm, like now that you've been doing it for for uh, about five years, do you? see these movies through a different lens do you um well, all they all i see is that they enhance everything you know uh, it's, yeah. ho- it's hollywood right if you just see something you know go by your peripheral vision uh hollywood will make it look like it's <laughs> stomping down the hallway exactly you know, or it's forming and there's all kinds of different you know how a shadow can be made up and mm-hmm. Uh, an ugly face put in that shadow. Yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're just out to uh, give you the the scare factor, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people that enjoy the scare factor. Mm-hmm. But if you really want the scare factor, don't go on an investigation. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I mean, show you, I'll show you something that'll <laughs> that'll have you say, "What was that?" Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I don't know. I, I've I've thought about it. Um, uh, before I've had the opportunity to, but uh, I wasn't able to because, uh, you know, because, because of work and everything, I can't really do an all night <laughs> yeah. investigation thing. But, um, but yeah, when I start thinking about it, my heart starts racing and my hair starts standing up on, you know, back of my neck. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like m- most of the investigation stuff that you read about, it's, it's nothing like you see in the movies at all. It's, uh, everything is very subtle. You know, yes. even even with like if there are scratches appearing on someone, it still is very subtle, and you almost, you know, um, well, I mean, like if you're sitting there and you know you're in the you're being totally silent in the room, and you know you're asking questions, you know, I just wished uh, I was just joking with one of the other team members about, don't you wish you could just have that background music <laughs> to make it more 
flavorful. You know, yeah. Put a little bit more excitement into it. Exactly. Yeah, I but feel like, yeah, I feel like just, the shows, like these ghost hunting shows, they, they, they kind of play to the camera quite a bit as well. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, uh, it's pretty much, you know, what, whoever is doing the investigation has a certain belief, but the producers and, uh, the company that's putting on the show on TV and paying the who's ever doing the investigations well, I presume, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they want results and they'll do whatever to enhance, you know. Yeah. But I, I do honestly believe that there are some things that uh, have been put out there on TV that are true, you know. Um, like I say, once again, I bring up uh, the one TV show, Ghost Adventures, or their first documentary they did back in 2004 with the brick levitating and the mm-hmm. board flying. I don't believe that they had anything to do to stage that. And mm-hmm. the way they were, the way they reacted to it, you know, I'd probably be running down the hallway <laughs> screaming like a girl, little girl myself. Yeah. Has uh, has doing this kind of enhanced? Um your worldview of, of the spiritual, of, of things like that, um, has it changed? Have you changed since you started doing this as far as your belief system goes? or, or? I believe my, well, I believe my senses have gotten a little bit more crisper. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a little bit more aware of my surroundings compared to what I used to do and, you know, uh, beforehand. It's not like I'm out looking for everything. It's mm-hmm. just that, uh, you know, I, I do react anytime I hear a tap or a movement, but I don't say it's a ghost phenomena or right. uh, anything like that. But, you know, uh, like I said, we had experiences here when I first moved into my house. Uh, it hadn't been lived in for two years, and the house was built in 1914, and um, it needed some work done to it. And we were doing just, the, you know, replacing carpet, that type thing, painting walls uh put in a new bathroom whatever and you know we had things that we couldn't really explain mm-hmm. and uh my wife is very skeptical she's got you know she's got to say you got to have a ghost stand there and look me straight in the <laughs> eye and say boo before i believe anything yeah yeah that so. um i mean that that's kind of how i am and i, I know that uh I, I'm very, I'm very in- interested in this subject matter, and you know, um, my I've I've run into people throughout my life. Um, there's actually a neighbor who she says she has, she can sense things, and she can like her and I would be in a conversation, and she would all of a sudden pause and kind of look over my shoulder, and her eyes would track something go by, and she would and she would just go kind of shrug it off. Oh, somebody just came in the room. <laughs> yeah, you know, things things like that. Um, so that whenever whenever she does that, I kind of get you know, the tingling yeah. thing. But I but I don't I, mean, I don't sense anything. I don't I haven't been in in that situation. Um. So yeah, I'm always very much, you know, the the doubting Thomas type, right? You know, show mm-hmm. me something tangible. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's where you see all you know you see a lot of pictures and um and things like that. Where and and none of these the photographic evidence is ever clear and. and and I and I don't think, you know, it, I would be shocked to find a non tampered with um, picture of of a ghost that is crystal clear. I don't think that that's ever going to happen. Um, you get pictures of these orbs and everything like that. Like, mm-hmm. but for me, I'm like, well, are you sure it wasn't the dust hitting the light or anything like that? Like, do you have mm-hmm. you gotten pictures of orbs and how would you explain those those coming through the camera? Because and how would you tell if they're not? say like a speck of dust just being hit by the, the well just by its move, just by its movement but it's movement. hard to, it's hard to say just with a photograph mm-hmm. if it's just a photograph with a big ball of white mass i'm gonna have to dismiss it because mm-hmm. i can't see how it's how it's acting or how it's traveling okay um so you'd, you'd rather have like kind of more of a video uh video evidence yeah. of, of of an orb coming in and out of the yeah frame. because you know you, you even bugs can can do the same mm-hmm. thing, but uh, you know if you sit there and you take a good look at it and slow the the video down, you can pretty much tell if if it's something that uh, can't be explained or if it's just a a bug with uh, big wings that flap mm-hmm. at a high speed. Hmm. 
Have you have you tried to use this to try to like to get in touch with uh, family members or like that who have passed, or has have you had any kind of personal experience? You know, with uh, with spirits. Uh, no, um, there was an instance when my mother was still alive. Um, her sister, my aunt, had passed away. And uh, after the funeral and the burial, we went back to mom's house for a little potluck thing. And uh, the phone had rang and one of my sisters had answered the phone. And, you know, she, she called out for mom and mom asked, well, who in the heck be calling me? They, people that know me know, that, you know, something's going on. And uh, she goes, I can't make out who it is, mom. You're gonna, they're asking for you. Huh. So my mom answered the phone as soon as she got on, she, you know, she said, hello, whatever. And there was, I was standing in the hall or the doorway going from the living room into the kitchen. And I happened to notice that her face just turned white and she dropped the phone and she cuffed her mouth like she was in horror. Wow. And we had to kind of help her over sit in the kitchen table chair. And, you know, we asked, well, what's going on? You know, Cause I picked up the phone and I said, hello, hello. And it was all a bunch of static and mm -hmm. then it went back to its normal dial tone and so i just hung up the phone and i was you know we were trying to ask her what was going on and she was very jittery and uh sweaty to the touch and she said it was aunt helen she was trying to tell me something and everybody in the room just stopped talking wow you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> everybody heard her say that and everybody's you know you could hear the needle scratch across the record and you know, we just all looked at each other and it took a little bit, you know, I had to get my mom to, to get her back to herself. Mm -hmm. and, um, but that's about the only thing, you know, related that I can tell yeah. you. Yeah. And then that's, that's when I say like, it's not like the movies, you know, it's a lot more subtle, um, this type of, this type of stuff. I know, have you, uh, and this, this is a question I've had because recently, I mean, People listening to the show know that uh, one of the reasons for kind of my search for truth and things like that was because my brother-in-law passed away at the age of, age of 25 and mm -hmm. kind of going through that. And we've had, uh, it's just you know, in our family, it's been something that every October, it was in October and every October, things, you know, strange things happen every now and then. Um, and just recently, our my nephew was in the bathroom and he was giggling and laughing and looking at the water in the, in the toilet. And my, um, my sister-in-law asked him what was going on. And he said, Oh, it's uncle Jacob. He's making faces at me. So I don't know, you know, I don't know if that's something of just his imagination or whatever, but he knows who his uncle is, but he's never, ne had never met him. You know, he's seen mm -hmm. pictures and everything. Um, we've had other things with some of the kids saying kind of odd things around this time. And I don't know if it's from, say, influence from the family just talking about them or if they actually are more in tune with kind of seeing things from the other side. Have you had experiences with, with children that differ, that, that differ from like an adult as far as are, are, are they more in tune with things? Yeah, um, actually, uh, my last investigation, we could sit there and uh, watch the toddler. That was the main focus of uh, why we were there. Mm -hmm. He was going to being attacked on a constant level. And he would go up to walls, like corners of the walls, and stand there and act like he was having a normal conversation. Hmm. Or, you know, he would, uh, he would wake up just about every night at uh, about... 20 after three in the morning and be screaming, get out, get out. Oh, you wow. know, uh, I, I've seen it. Uh, it was recorded by his, uh, grandmother on her, uh, cell phone of him doing that, uh, which I don't have a copy of. I wish I did. <laughs> I tried to get a copy of it, but, uh, I don't know what happened there. Um, but I did see it and I was like, well, Hey, you know, uh, that's something to go by, but, uh, children are, you know, they always say the children, uh, your soul, your energy, your life force is more pure at that age. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so ghosts or entities or spirits will try to communicate with a child or child, you know, 
there's been cases where children have seen uh, passed on relatives who might not know who they are, but they feel that warmth. They feel that, you know, um, either they feel like they're being protected or they can trust that whatever it is uh, compared to uh, the shock of mm-hmm. being scared. Mm-hmm. But huh. then again, you got to look at the fact is too that uh, a demonic entity will uh, it can change its shape, form, voice. You know, it can. It's got the will to uh, to get the um, trust of a child. Right. Would that be the same thing, like for for animals as well? Do do animals kind of sense things differently? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the people that I did that last investigation, uh, they had three dogs. Now two of them seemed to act fine, but the third dog never hardly came out, you know, since they started having problems, hardly ever came out of its kennel. And when it did, it it ran outside to go to the bathroom. A lot of times they couldn't get the dog to come back into (laughs) the home. Um, and like, say, you know, I tried an experiment with the dog and I practically had to pick it up and bring it into the house, which wow. I, I didn't actually pick it up, but, uh, you know, I grabbed it by a collar and I tried to force it to see what it would do, what its reaction would be. And, you know, it, I'm surprised it didn't try to bite me. And <laughs> I felt, I felt sorry for the animal because, you know, it, it can't speak for itself. It can't tell you what's going on. Right, but uh, yeah, they seem to have a a better perception uh, of what's going on around their environment. That's pretty fascinating. Wow, well, it that's some fascinating stuff. Uh, you know, um, so where where are you? Are you preparing for anything else right now? Do you have another? We're working on. We're going to be probably working on another case here within about two weeks. The family is gone on vacation. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a older couple. Um, they have their their kids are grown up and gone, but uh, they 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 seem to think that uh, they've got an angry presence in their home, and we're not too sure where that's going to go. It could be just a malevolent spirit, mm-hmm. which is one that's just mad, and uh, or it's got like a you know kind of a negative energy to it. But we're also, uh, there's a place here in town, Ghost Adventures, I brought him up again, <laughs> um, just did a TV show about a month ago. Uh, it's called Edinburgh Manor oh, Okay. here in Iowa, and uh, we're going to be heading there to, uh, I've never actually been in any of these big places that you see these big production ghost crews go to. Yeah. So, you know, we had an opportunity to go there, so I'm, I'm taking them up on the offer. All right. All right. Do you, uh, do you have a website set up for anything like this? or No, no, working on that part of it. Yeah. Uh, about the only thing I could tell you is that we do have a couple of small videos on YouTube. And, uh, of course, I'm not... Uh, Steven Spielberg, so I can't tell you the quality, quality, <laughs> quality of the videos, but uh, it kind of gives you a sense of what's going on. There's because uh, um, during one of the nights that we took to the house and started the investigation, uh, a lot of the video and audio was contaminated, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That's when uh, I told you about the IR light had mm-hmm. melted. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we really didn't catch a heck of a lot. And there was a lot of evidence to catch that night. Unfortunately, we didn't get it. We mm. didn't get, get it. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's going to be other times. Like I said, you know, right. we've, I've been on a couple investigations where there's absolutely nothing. And then there's uh, just going on a ghost hunt. And I, I swear to God, you know... Um, I got, it's like they wanted to carry a normal conversation on the voice recorder. <laughs> wow. Well, that's awesome. I, I wish you all the best with that stuff. I'm looking forward to hearing some uh, reports from you in the future. Oh, I'll be more than happy to talk to you some more. Very cool. I'm, uh, I'm grateful for your time and letting me be on the show. Before we sign off, Ray, um, 
I'd, I'd like to know, like, what can you, what advice can you give to somebody who, because you know, the movie Ouija, it came out, you know, earlier in the year, and yeah, I've seen the movie. There seems to be more uh, people more want to dabble in this kind of stuff. Um, what what advice would you give to to people I, to to dabble? I I you know I would I would give it to somebody that's uh, I would have somebody else handle it. I wouldn't exactly <laughs> I wouldn't exactly do it myself. I myself don't own a Ouija board. Uh-huh. I've had a couple people offer me their Ouija boards, and I've refused to take them because you don't know what their history is. Um, because like I said before, spirits, entities, uh, ghosts, whatever they can attach themselves to inanimate objects and you don't know the history of where that game or whatever it is that you're bringing into your home. Um, one thing that I can understand is, is that, uh, people have perception that they're going to catch the big, you know, the big picture of, of a ghost or something and going to present it to either YouTube or somebody mm-hmm. else and they're going to see their names and lights. You know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I can, I can guarantee you that that's not, not what I'm into it for. I'm, I'm more into it for, uh, I just want to help some people yeah. and I'm, I want to, uh, know myself. I want to know a little bit more about what's going on. Why did that ghost appear to me when I was seven years old? Mm-hmm. You know, that type of thing. So, all I can say is, you know, you got to take it serious, mm-hmm. you know, just like with any other hobby, if you really want to get into it, it can be costly, uh, with the equipment, but you can do it with a flashlight, uh, recorder and, uh, just listen to your body. Yeah. I mean, you know, your body will tell you if you're coming up against something that's, uh, touching you or looking at you or whatnot. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, even though it says who, who markets the, the Ouija board, is that Milton Bradley or someone like that? Right. Hasbro. Um, I don't know. Hasbro. <laughs> no, Hasbro has it now, but, oh, okay. uh, um, Milton Bradley did have it for a number of year, number of years, but, uh, Hasbro has it now. And I, I honestly, I, I can't really think of what the percentage is, but I think it was like, the spike in sales on the Ouija board has gone up like 67%. Yeah. Does that, con- does that concern that you? That people yeah, are just it, treating it as a game? Yeah. Uh, like I said, I mentioned the portals before. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't understand what a portal is, uh, especially in the ghost world, a uh, portal is something that you can open up and you can't see, but you can invite things from another realm uh, either in your home or any place. And, uh, if you do not know what that is, you know, you're, you're flirting with disaster. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I have had experiences watching other people play it. And, uh, a couple of them have had bad experiences and I didn't really relate any of that until, you know, I started getting more into what I'm doing now. Right. So I just say is, you know, just go by the rules. If you want Mm -hmm. to play with that stuff, you know, you're, you know, you're the one that's in charge. (laughs) Right. You know, just make sure you don't stumble and fall. Yeah. And, uh, also, uh, make sure you do a, a world of good by asking for permission to go on other people's properties. Don't just sit there and hop fences and go into abandoned homes and think that you might not get caught you know there's always that possibility and it it can end badly for you and it's uh it's a bad rap for all us people that do ghost hunting and uh investigating for a hobby yeah cool all right ray uh thanks thank you so much for joining us today we really appreciate uh, talking to you about all this stuff Oh, hey, no problem. And can I can I plug myself for of a course, second? Of course, of course you can. All right. Uh, <laughs> my name is Ray Fries. I'm lead investigator and founder of Ghost Alive Paranormal. We are located in Clinton, Iowa. And uh, if you're in the surrounding area, give me a call at, uh, can I get my telephone number? Sure. Okay. It's 563-503-2145. All right. And uh, I would be more than happy to discuss anything. Uh, you got a problem or you want to know about something, I'll be happy to answer if I can possibly can. There you go.
Cool. All right, Ray. Thanks again. I wish you all the best of luck with all this. All right. Thank you so very much. Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. Hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. You can go over to the AXPX.com. You can find links to us over on Facebook and Twitter, as well as YouTube. I'm going to try to be upgrading uh, and adding all of our shows to YouTube. I had a channel in the past. Probably going to delete that and start fresh. But I'm going to start up a uh, just a new YouTube channel for, for all the old shows, for those of you who get your podcasts that way. And I'll be keeping it up every week. Uh, the show will be posted there as well. And of course, you can find that uh, that older podcast. It's number eight, uh, season one, podcast number eight, where I talked to John Kirchhoff, founder of Full Tech Paranormal Investigations. You can find that podcast episode there if you want to check that out. I'll include the link into the show notes as well. So um, all of you have a great week. If you ever have uh, ideas for guests or topics or anything like that, just drop me a line. Uh, on Twitter, Twitter's the best way. Twitter over at, uh, it's at the AXPX. Drop me a line there. There also is a contact form on the website. You can shoot me an email that way as well. All of you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. We must search for what is truth. What is truth? And what is God? You don't really want an answer to that question. The first duty is to the truth, whether it's scientific truth or historical truth or personal truth. That's really what you want in life. You want to feel connected. You want to feel relevant. You want to feel like you're a participant in the goings-on of activities and events around you. That's precisely what we are, just by being alive.